I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. You're listening to episode 64. If you missed the pilot episode or this is your first time listening, this is a podcast for what we call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to learn how to set their minds on things above. And that's where the name of the podcast comes from, from Colossians 3.2, where the Apostle Paul says, set your minds on things above. Setting our minds on things above, on good thoughts, on uplifting, encouraging, life-giving, biblically-based thoughts, isn't easy. And that's why we do the podcast, because we try to provide for you in each episode a thought from above that you can dwell on, that you can think about and consider deeply in your heart, like, what does this mean? How do I live into this reality? And if you do so, it may put a smile on your face and give you some encouragement you didn't have before. Today's thought from above is this. You are commanded to thrive. I really love the Bible, all of the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament, from Genesis to Revelation. And one of my favorite passages is in the Old Testament, and it's from Deuteronomy chapter 30. In this passage, Moses, who's come to the conclusion of his farewell address, which, by the way, has lasted 26 chapters, but by the time you get to chapter 30, Moses offers these powerful concluding words. So, here's Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 19. I've set before you today life and prosperity death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I'm commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in His ways, and observing His commandments, then you shall live, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life. Moses is essentially saying this, I have told you all about God's commands. Certainly the Ten Commandments, to be sure, but also many other commands. In fact, even in his farewell discourse, these last 26 chapters, He's been giving them very specific commands for how to live. For example, he tells us about how we are called to care for the poor in chapter 15. He tells us about guarding against excessive wealth in chapter 16. He talks about protecting human dignity in chapter 19. About offering hospitality to those in need in chapter 23 about paying employees fairly in chapter 24, and about leaving part of the harvest for those who need it, also in chapter 24. So, God, through Moses, has given the people all of, this is how you're supposed to live, right? All of these commandments, with the center of it being to love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And now, at the end of this long discourse, Moses gets very direct. I've set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. Wow. It's like, 
Obey these commands. If you do, you'll find blessings. If you don't, you'll find curses. His last two words make it very clear. Choose life. One way of looking at passages like this is to see them as something frightening. If you don't do blank, you will suffer. And that's how you might read a passage like this if your narratives about God are that God is mean and angry and out to get you. But this passage is not about God being mean. Quite the opposite. God is simply telling the truth. And we see this in so many areas of life. For example, if you don't wear a seatbelt and you get in an accident and you get hurt, the law about wearing seatbelts isn't being mean to you. It's there to protect you. Where I live, we have these ads about wearing seatbelts that goes like this. Click it or tick it. Sounds a little harsh, but really, if you get pulled over for not wearing a seatbelt, the police officer isn't being mean. He's just enforcing a law that's meant to help you. So, when God through Moses says, if you do or don't do certain things, the consequences will be this. You'll reap curses and suffering. God isn't being mean. He's just telling the truth. Break the commands and you'll be breaking your life. I have great respect for God's commands. In fact, a practice I've done for many, many years is to recite the Ten Commandments as a part of my devotional time. I learned this actually from Martin Luther, who used to do that, to go through the commandments and then to sort of reflect with God on where I might have failed them and to turn that into prayer. I do this because I really respect God's commands. So I've come to really love them. And, and so when I look at a passage like this, I don't see it as you know, God being mean. I look at it the flip side because God also says through Moses, if you do certain things, you'll find life, blessings, prosperity, and goodness. That's also God's command, and that's also God's way. And here's the point I want to make. What God truly desires is for you to thrive not merely survive. God wants you to thrive. I like to put it this way. We are all commanded to thrive. Now, when God commands something, there isn't any negotiation. When God said, let there be light, light happened. There wasn't any debate. There wasn't any negotiation. Light just came at 186,000 miles per second. So, when God commands us to thrive, He means it. He doesn't consult probability tables. Nothing gets in the way of God's way. Let me say that again. Nothing gets in the way of God's way. And God's way, God's desire, is for you to thrive. So the only thing standing in the way of you and these blessings is you. Let me share a story that illustrates this. Steve is a good friend of mine who's a very successful business leader. He's a dedicated Christ follower, and his faith influences every area of his life. But it wasn't always that way. Early in his career, he kept his Christian life out of his work life. Steve told me he kept God in a separate box from the rest of his life, particularly his work life. 
Once Steve was describing this to me and he said this, in my work life, I thought outcomes were my responsibility. And as a result, I held on too tight. I was the one in control. I saw my work as my kingdom, not a part of God's kingdom. And then something happened that would lead to a major change. Steve was fired from his job. It wasn't because he did something wrong. In fact, he was fired because he'd done something right. He refused to partake in something wrong, and for that he was let go. But as a result, he went through a dark period that really shook him to the core. What happened next would not only turn around his career, but would also bless his whole life and, in turn, be a great blessing to the many people who would one day work for him. Steve put it this way, I saw my work as mine. Work was what I did. But after I got fired, I reevaluated my life. I felt God calling me to surrender in humility and to rip open that box I'd put God in. God was calling me to integrate God's will and God's way into every area of my life, especially my work life. I knew this in my head, Steve said, but my heart wasn't ready for it. So I had to spend seven long and painful months trying to make this change. But I finally did. I remember the exact moment the change occurred. I was driving on the highway, and suddenly I could see it all clearly. I knew I had to give control to God. And I began to weep, so much so that I had to pull my car over. From that moment on, I was in business with God. I let God take control. I was now seeking first the kingdom of God. Steve went on to experience what Jesus promised to those who seek first the kingdom. And all these things will be given to you as well. Matthew 6.33 Now I want to be clear that Steve wasn't seeking some secret to business success. This wasn't about a prosperity gospel. Steve began to believe that the Bible was the best business book ever written. He didn't choose to put God first in order to make money. He did it because he wanted to put God and God's ways first, period. He made a commitment to doing business in the way of Jesus, telling the truth, loving your neighbor, glorifying God, operating with integrity, doing justice, and walking humbly before God. The old motto, Steve said, business is business, was exposed as a lie. Through prayer and reflection, Steve was able to figure out a way to make a once-failing business profitable. Today, Steve is regarded as a leader in his field, all because he made a decision to put God first and to walk in God's ways as his primary goal. We serve a supernatural, all-powerful God. When God tells us to walk in His ways, and in doing so we'll find blessing, nothing can stop God from doing that. If we put God first and we walk in His ways, we can go places and do things we could never do on our own. When we do this, as Steve's story illustrates, nothing can stop us. People can't stop us. Bad breaks can't stop us. 
God's desire for us to thrive will override everything that tries to hold us back. You may be saying, well, I've had some bad breaks, Jim. Well, remember the story about Tim in episode 51? Tim was in a bicycle accident that nearly killed him and left him with a shattered body. But he never let his circumstances dictate his destiny. Adversity can be a blessing if you, like Tim, keep your eyes on God and keep your eyes wide open. The circumstances of your life may be against you, but the Most High God is for you. You may be saying, yeah, but Jim, so-and-so really hurt me, or so-and-so really let me down, or the people I work with are holding me back. I would say this, don't allow those things, that kind of negativity, to take root in your mind. Set your minds on things above, and when you do, you can trust that this is true. Every force is powerless to stand in the way of the blessings God wants to put in your life. Let me say that again. Every force is powerless to stand in the way of the blessings God wants to put in your life. If Steve or Tim had let their discouraging circumstances control their life, they would have been defeated. Instead, they chose to set their minds on things above. God commands us to thrive, not just to survive. God wants you to walk in freedom and in wholeness. God wants to give you blessings beyond what you can imagine. But let's be clear. We must never go after the blessing. We must go after God. God can make things happen in your life that you can never make happen. Making those things happen isn't your job. Your job is to walk in obedience. Love God with every fiber of your being and commit to walk in His ways. Here's my final word. God isn't limited by your supposed limitations. God isn't limited by the things you don't have, by the resources you don't have, or the skills you don't possess. If you keep God in first place, God's desire and command for you to thrive will overcome every struggle, every stronghold, every addiction, every obstacle you face. Your problems may seem big, but the God who loves you is far, far bigger. I hope you join me next week for episode 65. It's a Things Above conversation with my friend Rochelle Parham, and we're going to talk about her new book, Mythical Me, Finding Freedom from Constant Comparison. It's really great. You don't want to miss it. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Ryan Smith, and you can learn more about this podcast at ApprenticeInstitute.org. Speaking of ApprenticeInstitute.org, that's where you can also find out about the Apprentice Experience. The Apprentice Experience is an 18-month journey in discipleship, and it is a life-changing journey. And I would encourage you, if you're looking for some way to really go deeper in your life with God, to check it out. Go to ApprenticeInstitute.org and click on the Apprentice Experience. You can contact my good friend John Carroll, who runs that program, and learn all about what it can be for you and in your life. Also, the story of my friend Steve can be found in my book, The Magnificent Story. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, and you can also subscribe, which means 
you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, things above. <laughs>